conversations and you should just do it instinctively and then i don't do it instinctively i don't know kyle why do you, why do you need <laughs> why can't you show teeth in a passport photo that's what we're discussing right now Chelsea thinks that I look like shit in my passport photo. I didn't say Which anything. is the point of passport photos. Like, you're not supposed to look good. It's just supposed to be your face. No, you look mean. Like, you look like you're intentionally well, now like I'm mad about because something. You're calling, you're calling me out for it. So now I'm, just I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying, like, my only conversation in this is that, like, you have, like, right now, you're not smiling with teeth <laughs> and you're not looking like a terrorist. <laughs> Well, I don't want to look like a terrorist on my passport, so if that's the case, I might need to mail the one back that they sent me and just, like, what's the reason for redoing this? Like, I didn't want to look like a terrorist. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, boy. Anyway, welcome to Drunk well, Marketing. I'm going to take a picture and share this with our studio no, audience. No, we can't share, we can't share the passport photo, because it's, like, a, it's federal property and stuff. Like It has a Walgreens, like, folder around it. Yeah. <laughs> But I need that. Like, I can't have people, because then my passport photo's out there, and then people can make a fake passport using my face. No. That's why I smile in every picture, because then my teeth are showing, and they can't make fake passports. (laughs) That's not why you smile in every photo. (laughs) But there's a a good life lesson for you guys. Smile in all of your photos, and then then nobody can make a fake... Fake passports with your face. Yeah. I mean, they could Photoshop you into not smiling. Sure, but, like, if they want to work that hard, like, I'm doing my part, you know? <laughs> like, I'm doing everything I can do to not have a fake passport. And according right? to that guy at uh, Cheryl Brewing, you have a smile like Luke Bryan. Yeah. I mean, I'll Is that take... his name? Luke Bryan? Or Bryant? I don't know his name. Bryan. He's not related to Kobe. Um, but, yeah, no, that was a compliment that I would take. So, that's, you know, Saturday night was uh, <laughs> was a fun night. We went out to... Shale Brewing, and I had a friend recently commit suicide, so some other friends were in town, and, and they got to come out. We all went up to the memorial service, um, which was moving, and then got to come out um, and experience Canton a little bit and meet you, um, which was fun, and some of our other friends were out, and this guy was buying us shots and complimenting me the whole night, which I obviously was going to eat right up. Um, but the rest of his group was not into the conversation, so... No, like, this guy moved our tables together. Like yeah. He was, like, this very just, like large personality of a person and he was like funny like from the minute we like were looking for seat like well we had a table and they were kind of lingering around this other table it was like as soon as this other group got up they pretty much pounced on that and they were sitting at that table and it like after like 20 minutes or so not even he was like aren't you gonna ask if we want to push the tables together because like we started yeah, talking like, yeah. about it. it was like a really random but he was nice i mean I, no he, he was, was super he was nice. very talkative and drunk and and steve was kind of trapped with him um you know we just kind of got the across the table interactions um that were fine but, but I, he was I, like giving us all like our celebrity do- like doppelgangers or oh yeah yeah because he was talking about like meg looking like cameron diaz or okay I thought there was another one. He was he guessing said. our spirit animals, too. Oh, I missed that part. Or at least Steve and Meg's, he guessed. Ugh. But anyway, so then, you know, you had to go home because you had the kids, and I continued to stay out, and it was the second weekend in a row that I was out until, like, 2 in the morning, which I don't do ever. Like, even when I go to fish shows, like, we go home after the show and maybe I'm awake until 2 in the morning, but I'm not out <laughs> until 2 in the morning. So we went to another lo- local bar, and at this point I was just drunk, like, yelling at Steve to listen to NPR and read books and stuff because he's uh, got a new job at PNC trying to sell people credit cards and stuff. 
And mm. I was like, I look back on those nights and I'm like, man, like Steve probably could benefit from like some of the books that I've read, but like with me just sitting there, like pointing at him and yelling at him to like listen to read and these. listening to NPR, like what's that have to do with anything? <laughs> well, I just recommend that everybody listen. Well, to NPR. I love. I mean, yeah. I feel like ninety percent of my conversations start with I heard this thing on NPR. Right? Yeah, I talk. I say it work like I heard on the radio all the time, but because like they're not NPR listeners, so it's just. I feel superior when I tell people that I heard it on NPR. Oh, really? Like, I'm kind of, like, lording the fact that I listen to NPR <laughs> over them. I'm like, what do you listen to? What, Mix 94.1? <laughs> today's hit music? What are you listening to Darla these days? listens to Mix 94.1. She doesn't. That. She listens to XM Sirius, whatever's oh, in her car. Really? Because it's every, annoying every time every I'm in the car. Every time I've with her, it's been Mix 94.1. And let me tell you this. Every time I'm in the car with someone who has like XM, like Sirius or some like what are the other one radios, they all they do is scan. They never stay on one fucking station. I think it's a lot of pressure with like all because they're like, stations. oh, I want to listen to like, oh, I'm in the mood for like Jimmy Buffett, whatever. It's like, yeah, it's it's kind of like reminds me of Pandora a little bit when you're like, you know what song I really want to hear? This song, and, and then, then like they just t- they play, play like every other version or variation of songs that sound like the song you want to hear, except for the song. Right. I don't know, like Pandora maybe doesn't do that anymore, like or if you have a paid. Whatever it is, not here. But like every single like when I was in DC visiting Erica, there was a whole like the whole drive into DC, we were scanning. Like they're like, oh, I usually love the station. Oh, I like eleven ninety eight. Oh, I like this. And like I don't know that we listened to a single full song the entire way there. <laughs> and then Darla's caught the same thing. It's just I don't know. All right, Darla, pick a station. Everyone, pick a station. Stop listening to XM Radio and listen to podcasts. Oh yeah, listen. You should listen to our podcast. And while you're at it, if you're listening to this podcast, please like us on social media and rate and review us in the iTunes um, thing, the podcast. Wow, app. we haven't yeah. talked about that in a while. Yeah, but we want you to do that. Um, so speaking of me yelling at Steve about books at like one thirty in the morning at the shitty bar in Canton, um, as I think I've I've mentioned, I've been reading a lot lately. I've read a lot of books, um, but I wanted to talk about um, three of them today. Um, because I thought that they were really, these books were really influential on, the, on my work that I'm doing now. And they had takeaways. And a lot of the books I've read have been great. But these three had like, I took back like something out of that book. And then I just did it at, yeah. at work. Well, so. like, the difference, like, you know, we talked about Seth Godin's book. And there was like the whole. Right, yeah, if you've listened like, back to that one. We, like, we kind of say like at the very end, like, okay, my takeaway is like, go to the last page rip that page out or whatever and kind of use that as a guideline and take notes on it. Right. Um, but like we both like, thought that book was too, it was yeah. too metaphorical and not do this and you will be successful type deal. Yeah, you know? It was like CEO <laughs> level, like feel good right. about yourself as a business person kind yeah. of book. And one day I will finish lost and founder. Mm-hmm. Um, Which that is not like that. That's like very literal advice. Yeah. And, I'm and just stories and stuff. I'm so. just not, I'm not, in the the zone of reading right now. Yeah. No, that's fine. I can't expect everybody to read like 10 books in the two months or something stupid like I've done. So yeah, like I said, really like I should have just set like a goal to read four books on my Goodreads 2019 reading challenge and accepted it. But I think I picked 15 and I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll read a couple like randos in between uh-huh. there. Or like sometimes I count a book that I'm reading with the kids. Like yeah, we're yeah, reading this counts. book called Pickle <laughs> right now. Pe- add it. Add it to your Goodreads. I'm going to. I didn't yet, but I will. Yeah. 
So the three books that I really wanted to talk about um, are Everybody Writes by Anne Hanley, um, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, and They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. Um, each one kind of impacted me in a different way and kind of but gave really literal like business and marketing advice um that i was able to take back to my job and like literally implement like after i read that chapter or something you know i was able to take it back and be like okay i need to do this yeah and i need to do that so um starting with everybody writes by ann hanley first of all it's i love her voice so much like that's what i want to read actually yeah. like i and i say that like oh i'm gonna read that because i wanted to read Rand's book too but i do if that's my next one on my list. I love that book so much. And like right off the bat, like I knew that I was going to love it because her voice was so fun and casual, but also like almost like the nicest professor you ever had, like who you could like immediately relate to. And you went to their office hours on purpose, like, cause you didn't like, you just wanted to get to know them a little bit. Like that's what she kind of reminded me of. So you didn't have that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, that, I was just doing a ponytail thing. Oh, Okay. Um, So this book is um, broken down into um, a couple different sections and it starts off just rules for writing. And it's, you know, talking about things like writing an ugly first draft and then just walking away for like a day or something like that. And that ugly first draft should like you not you don't worry about grammar, spelling, anything like it's just you get all your thoughts down on the page. And it's like it's hard for me to do. I still can't even do it because I still I write polished. And but then she says you walk away and then you come back the next day and you edit. Um, which is actually super helpful because every time I walk away from something, but like a lot of times I'll just write something and publish it. But every time I like look at it like a day or two later, I'm like, Ooh, all right, hold on. Let's change this. Let's rearrange that. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like that whole like write drunk and it's over. Well, yeah, that if I, I don't do anything drunk though. I just sleep. Well, so. <laughs> I know, but like, I mean, not necessarily drunk from a like drinking an entire bottle of wine by yourself and then writing but kind of like in that say like you know in a drunken manner where you're like just getting your thoughts out yeah there just you're letting just things spewing like, them yeah. like as if you were drunk so yeah flow of, uh stream of conscious or something like that and yeah. then she she also mentioned in this section to always write with a goal in mind and to always include your reader so and to do that you ask so what and so you know if i'm writing about um i don't know the best flowers to plant in the spring then you have to say, okay, so what? Why does somebody care about that? And then you can figure out, okay, they care about that because they want to have their yard look pretty. Okay, so what? And then why do they want to have their yard look pretty? Okay, they want to have their yard look pretty because they want to one-up their neighbors. Okay, that's what I want to include. Like, So you just keep asking the so what, and then you eventually like, get... Why do they want to one-up their neighbors? Well, because they have low self-confidence. Right, which then like, you can really get... You're really just going to go down a rabbit hole. Right, but... <laughs> It helps ask to keep asking, so what? Because then you can actually yeah. figure out... Until like, you get to that rabbit hole. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because you can like boil it down to like, well, the big bang happened and... Uh... <laughs> I know. Like Next thing you know, I have like an entire notebook, just a manifesto written. <laughs> yeah. So you keep asking, so what? And, make the, and this forces you to make sure that, okay, this is for my audience. This is something that they're going to like. And it's, you know, it's not just something that's for me or for my company. It's something that's going to include their reader. And, you know, the goal of this is to... Not only inform them on this topic, but also, um, you know, maybe get email subscription signups at the end or something like that. Um, so always considering those things. Which, like, if you think about, like, especially writing from a like a marketing or an SEO perspective, is like a lot of times you you're kind of purposefully writing. You're not necessarily like, well, this is great information that my customers want to hear or n- need to know. It's like, where can I like 
include some keywords that right, are yeah, beneficial exactly. to people coming to my website. So like sometimes you are creating content for the sake of. But I think you can marry those two. I mean, I write, yeah. I write all the time. Like if I'm writing for search, like you have to make sure that the user experience, and the user takeaway is great or else well, they're not, not like going to come back. That's so, why I feel like this exercise is good because like yeah. when you're kind of stuck writing from that mindset of like, well, I just got to include this keyword. So I'm just going to write about like phlebotomy right. or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, those, those are kind of my key takeaways from her rules for writing, but there was a bunch like, you know, like every chapter was two pages and there was like 35 rules or something like that. So, and then you move on to grammar rules and the two takeaways that I took from that she's an editor at marketingprofs.com um so she's like grammar rules for marketers and um start so the two of them that i took away that i thought were pretty powerful that i do a lot um one is to start sentences with and and but and you know forget about what you learned in elementary school and it's totally okay to start those start sentences with those words because it creates shorter sentences it eliminates commas and it makes it a little more conversational and easier to read because they're transition words and you can write in fragments. I mean, obviously, like, if the whole thing's a fragment, don't do that. But fragments are okay, like, when they make sense um, and you're writing for marketing. Um, so those are two of the the grammar rules that I that I took away. But there was a lot of, like, grammar rules that I didn't even know, like, real nitty-gritty, like, actual grammar rules, not telling you to break grammar rules. So, like, if you're looking for, like, if you're a grammar nerd and you want, like, some grammar nerd stuff, like, that's the section for you. Do you have a stance on the Oxford comma? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think if it, if she did, it was don't use it because I don't remember like being up in arms about it. And if it, she had, if she had a stance that I would remember, it would have been to use it. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, that was the second section. Um, and then the third section was really short, but it was called story rules. Um, and basically what it boiled down to is tell a story that's unique to you. Um, you know, you don't say we make the best, we're smart. We've been in business for 75 years. Like none of that stuff matters. Like that's not, that could be on anybody's homepage anywhere. Like, you know, we provide business solutions by making XYZ product. Like it doesn't really mean anything to anyone. So, you know, and that was kind of the, one of the first things that set me down the path of like, well, what the fuck is Rentware's unique story? Like nobody here even knows what we do really. Like it's hard to explain it. Um, and she gave examples of all these homepages where like, it was just all this business jargon. I looked at our homepage and I'm like, yeah, I'm just like listing like our services that don't really mean anything to anybody. So that's, and there was like actually a list of questions to ask yourself, which I sent out to 12 different people um, to kind of figure out what your unique story is. So from things like, what do we find normal and boring that other people would think is cool? Like what's unique about our founder? What's, you know, and all sorts of, of fun stuff like that. Um, and then publishing rules, um, she went into, and she talked a lot about brand journalism and holding yourself to a really high standard. So like, if you're a content writer, think of yourself as a brand journalist and holding yourself to that, like telling the truth all the time and not like, just like lying to people about your products or competitors or whatever, because in the end, that's going to be better for you. Um, citing sources and all that stuff and making sure that you're, you're holding yourself to that like journalistic bar and not plagiarizing and not, um, you know, basically telling marketing lies and stuff like that. And the other um, thing that I like that she said, and I think that you and I benefit probably from this is right with a deadline, because even if it's like you get, it's a self-imposed deadline, that'll make you work on it. Because I would always like, 
when I first started at Rentware and I needed to write, I was trying to write a blog post every two weeks, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know. What am I doing? I don't have to do every two weeks, like whatever. So I would just write them whenever I felt like it. And they just really trailed off, you know, and I'm trying to get back into that swing. I feel like, well, I guess maybe I'm not on your email newsletter list anymore. So I don't know how often you send email newsletters, but I feel like you haven't talked about doing an email newsletter. Once a month. Is it? Yeah, it's in once a month. All right. Mm-hmm. It must not be on it. I must have. I think that your TKG email was on it, but yeah, I don't think your Gmail ever was. Nice. I better sign back up. Yeah, get back on it. But yeah, so put right with a uh, deadline, which kind of helps me. I even kind of put a deadline on the website I'm building for RentWire right now and just say, like, by early April, like, I want this thing launched, which is forcing me to kind of, like, get down and schedule those meetings and create that, um, those pages and do all that stuff. So. Um, that was super helpful, and, and the whole portion about brand journalism is really interesting. It's not like a way, like I knew journalism and content creation were very similar, and a lot of journalists go on to write for marketing. Right. But the way that she described it of like holding yourself to those standards and making sure that, you know, you're not just like, well, they wrote an article about it. Let me just rewrite a few sentences, and that'll be our article too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, um, was important, and I think... In, in marketing and SEO, I think in particular, like other people steal other people's ideas all the time. Like you'll read a blog post and then someone's like, hey, like that was I see on Twitter, like there's been these crazy SEO wars lately. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Have you seen some of that stuff? I really have. People, yeah. are, getting, people are getting upset. Yeah. And so like there's a lot of different stuff. Like I think Yoast published this girl's um, ultimate guide on her website to analytics. They published it as their verbatim ultimate guide and didn't give her any credit. Oh, snap. Yeah. So it's just... I don't know. It's crazy. So it's, you know, you think about that stuff. You're like, oh, well, we're not going to plagiarize. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. But it happens and it happens all the time. So keeping that stuff in the back of your head and knowing like, okay, I shouldn't do this, even though it seems obvious, you know, is important. So, and then it kind of closes on a super helpful section called 13 things that marketers write. Um, so everything from a homepage copy to email copy to social posts and whether that's an email to your boss or like a marketing email and stuff like that. Now the book was written in like 2014 or 2015. So the Twitter character limits like 140 and like, so you have to take some of that with a grain of salt, but I definitely used like the homepage and like landing page and stuff like that. And there are examples in there of really great landing pages and stuff like that. So it's a really, really comprehensive for any sort of book for any sort of marketing copywriters. I know. But that one, like, I feel like, was that the one that you, though, I feel like had exercises? After? I wanted there to be, no. Oh, there were not. I wanted there to be, like, in college, like, a textbook, like, okay, we read these three chapters and now do this worksheet. Yeah. Like, because I wanted to, like, especially, like, for the first two sections, the rules of writing and the grammar rules, like, I wanted worksheets to do after them. Like, mm-hmm. I might tweet at her. Grade and, me. Yeah, no, seriously, because, like, you know, in my PR classes, like, we read about how to write uh, the intro to a press release or something, and then we sat there and we wrote six of them, you know, and you had to figure it out. So that's why I'm like, I want that (laughs) exercise with this, too. So highly, that's kind of the end of that book, but I, I, like I said, I loved everything about this book. I loved her Anne's voice. I loved the way that she wrote and she um, told the stories, and I loved the examples that she included. It was a really easy book to... To read and get through, even though like some of the grammar rules and stuff like that kind of got down into the nitty gritty. If you're looking for it in the pile over there, it's at my office. Yeah, I was like, where is that book? <laughs> um, so it's it's at my office now because I occasionally reference it for rules of writing and uh, wow. grammar rules and stuff like that. Nice. So, so yeah, no, I mean that's I mean that's another thing I love about it, even though I'm done. Like it's the gift that keeps on giving. So, um, the second book that I read that really helped me out at work that I loved um, was called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. 
Um, and it basically, the point of this is that every day you and I and anybody listening to this podcast wakes up as the hero in their own life. And then, so like, you know, everything is about me and how am I going to deal with the situation? I have to wake up and wonder how I'm going to be the protagonist in somebody <laughs> else's life. The protagonist is... Or the antagonist. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're, you are the protagonist. I'm not the protagonist. I'm the antagonist <laughs> in everyone's lives. So, but companies often present themselves as heroes too. So, you know, other people are like, that's nice. But like, they don't really like tack, check onto it. Um, and then, uh, so, but you have to, most companies, what they, where they miss out is they're not um, presenting themselves as the guide. So... You know, the customer is Luke Skywalker and you're Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that. So, you know, in every, and he talked us through like every single movie, he's like, there's always, whether it's like a romantic comedy you talked about or like these epic Star Wars movies, like there's a main character, they have these problems and they meet a guide that helps them reach the solution. So well, it's ha- like, I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm going to go off topic, but we were just talking about that yesterday about like certain movies or a TV show that you watch. And like we we're talking about, I think we were talking about the book, like just reading books in general. And I was like, there's just something comforting about like, I need to be able to read like a, just a trashy or cheesy romance novel. It doesn't have to be trashy, but mostly mm-hmm. cheesy romance novel, because like, I know there's going to be the setting where like the two people meet and I know the plot line's going to be the same. And it's like a comforting factor in a plot line. That's yeah. And that's, that's what... recognizable where like, there's going to be some kind of turmoil where like they're right. going to have an argument or falling out. And then like, then they're going to realize it was a misunderstanding and then they're going to be together in the end. And it's going to be great. Well, he mentioned like all these steps um, that I'll read through Rentwares real quick, but all of these steps he mentioned, like all this stuff, you'll start seeing them in movies. And if they're not there, it's not going to be a good movie like that people are going to latch on to. I'm going to read this. You're going to read this and I'm going to think about a movie. Okay, so, you know, it always starts out with a character and that character is is not your business. So that character for us um, is a potential customer, which would be business owners, managers, or uh, other people who are decision makers at their company. They're the hero, and they want something. So what do they want? For us, they want a safe and clean and professional-looking workplace from a reliable partner. So you know, we do all sorts of services, like from uniforms to towels, floor mats, whatever. But all of those things kind of boil down to helping them create a safe, clean, and professional-looking workplace. And they also want a reliable partner because our industry is kind of famous for mm-hmm. the big nationals kind of screwing people over. Um, but they have a problem. So what kind of problem are, are they trying to solve? And that problem is broken down into four different sections. So the first one is there's a villain. Um, in our case, the villain is dirt because dirt makes things unsafe, unclean, and unprofessional. Um but they also have an external problem, which is what a lot of companies claim that they're going to solve, the external problem, which is the customer's team members look unkept, um, their floors are slick and unsafe, and they don't meet safety requirements. They don't meet safety requirements, and their time is spent doing laundry. So that's kind of the external, like, oh, I'm frustrated with all these things. Um, and we always, you know, we say, like, you know, we'll make sure everything's clean and your people look good and you won't have to do laundry and it's safe, which is good to solve those external problems, but... What, he, what Donald says is that customers buy from brands that solve the next two types of problems. Um, and the next two are, the first one is in, internal problems. So they're frustrated and they're stretched thin because they're wasting their time. Their team looks unprofessional and their building is unsafe and unsightly. So these people are not only are they dealing with like unkept team members, but it's making them frustrated and they feel like they're wasting their time. And then the philosophical problem that goes with that is they shouldn't have to worry about these tasks when they have a business to run. 
and a job to do. Like they shouldn't have to worry about like the front door being clean. Like it's almost a crime against humanity that they have to worry about that when they have like payroll to meet and all this other stuff. Um, so that's the philosophical problem that we're trying to solve. I was not able to build that into my favorite movie. Well, <laughs> not necessarily my favorite movie, but just a movie. So then they meet a guide, and that's, in our case, that would be Retware. And we show them that we're their guide through empathy, um, which I, we say, you know, nobody should have to feel overwhelmed. We can help you. We care about your business, and we'll treat you with integrity. Um, and But we also have authority. So we have over 2,000 customers. We're including written testimonials and case studies on our website um, and reviews. We're including customer logos in our marketing material and testimonial videos and stuff like that. So... You know, we we're empathetic to what you're going through. We understand your problem and, you know, but and we have the authority. So, you know, we'll be able to teach you how to solve it. So we have a plan for you to get to the solution, basically. Sign me up because I'm ready. Yeah. So we have a plan to get to the to get to the solution. There's a process plan and there's an agreement plan. So the process plan is supposed to be like three or four easy steps for them to get from. But these are all in the book, like the book. Yeah, the book is like each, there's a chapter on each one of these. Um, so the book is going to, or the process plan is three easy steps to kind of get from like how you're going to sign up for our service or how you're going to solve your problem. So. And is this the book that had the exercises after each of the sections? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like that's important when you're like, as you're talking about these things, because I remember you reading that book and you were excited and you were like, okay, I just finished this chapter and I'm going to like sit down. And I'm going to write this, mm-hmm. like this section and I'm going to talk about the... Yep. Yeah, so the, the other nice thing about this book is it has an online worksheet that you fill out after you read these chapters. So I didn't just make up these steps and stuff on my own. They came from um, Donald Miller's StoryBrand um, website, and I was just able to fill all this in online. And then I kind of wrote it out in a document for leadership and stuff. Is there a code in your book that you have to go, like, access to get? I thought there that? would be, but there was not. You just So you could just go to his website. Yeah, I forget what the of, URL like, was. Follow but... the steps of right. like and there's videos and stuff on the which website which i'm sure it's helpful help to along. like read the mm-hmm. like read the book beforehand obviously and well, i just i did it during so after i finished a chapter it would say now go to the website and do this no i mean like but it would be beneficial like before like you could just go on the website and do the exercises yeah but it's yeah. beneficial to read the chapter first oh yeah or the section first before, oh yeah i, I, I love like you're gonna get more out of it if you mm-hmm. read the book because and... he he gives really great examples of like okay so here's a insurance company here's what there is and here's uh, this company here's what theirs is so it's kind of able to take those examples as framework and kind of just put our words into it yeah which is super helpful so at this point we're going to give we're the guide and we have a plan for them to succeed so what's a good guide without a plan the first plan is a process plan so i named ours the easy setup plan um, the customer schedules an appointment um, we create a service plan together so whatever you we determine what you need and um, with your help, and we create a service plan, and then we implement the plan. So those are the three steps. Like it all boils down to those those three things, and that's how you get set up. And then you have an agreement plan, which I called our promises. This is a little bit longer, and they all start with we promise. So bear with me. Um, we promise to show up when you expect us. We promise to fix problems in a timely fashion. We promise to offer transparent pricing. We promise to provide understandable agreements. We promise to hold up our end of the deal. We promise to deliver quality products. We promise to keep your best interests in mind. We promise to treat you with integrity and loyalty. So those are kind of our promises to the customer, um, no matter what service they're getting or whatever, they can expect all of those things um, from us. 
So then the other, the next step is the guide is going to call the hero to action. So then there's two different calls to action. Um, there's one's called direct, the other's transitional. So you want to think of direct as like, will you marry me? That's like get a quote or buy now or something like that. And transitional is something like, will you go on a date with me? So, you know, download this white paper or um, something like that. So, and Donald made sure to, to point out that on your website, you should always be asking, will you marry me as they scroll down the page? Because if you don't have this call to action. <laughs> There's a lot of awkward phone calls happening. Who's calling about what? Proposal. That was a joke. Oh. Like, <laughs> if you just put your call to action, will you marry me on your website? <laughs> that sounds fun. That would be a good, like, you could wrap your brand around that, and I think it would be cool. Anyway. So our directs is kind of like, get a quote, schedule an appointment, contact us, and transitional or um, get a free trial. Um, read a case study or learn about the costs associated. Um, and so, you know, that way, because we, you and I know calls to action need to exist, but he mentions like, you know, you need to, they need to look the same. So on my new website I'm building, all the direct calls to action are red buttons and all the transitional calls to action, like learn more, read more, read the case study or whatever are, uh, white, white buttons with red outlines. So kind of keeping that mentally, those Mm -hmm. two things mentally separated. Um, and then, you know, it, that we're going to help them avoid failure. So you have to define what failure is for your customer too. Um, So failure is a dirty business, um, bad service and unfair pricing from a competitor, continue being frustrated and wasting time and being non-compliant with safety standards that you have to comply to. Um, Because if you don't define that, then still like, they're like, well, why do I actually need this? Like what, like, do I, um, because if you don't, his whole thing is like, if you don't tell them these things, like you assume that people know it, but like it's important to get it down on paper so that they actually, they actually know. And then you have to at the end, um, it ends in success. So he had us write out a bunch of different successes. So for us, it'd be a sense of fulfillment because your business is clean and inviting. Relief because you have a loyal partner you can trust. Pride in the way your team looks. A reduced workload because you don't have to do things yourself. Acceptance and praise from your boss for making the right decision. More time to focus on your job status gained by supporting a local company and you're compliant. So throughout this, this character went through a transformation. Um, our customer transforms into a better and more satisfied person. I feel like it could be one of those infomercials where it like starts out black and white and this person's hair is frazzled. Yeah. And, and they're that's why like they washing their own sheets and they're yeah. like, oh, what is going on here? Like I, I can't fold a fitted sheet. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, I if need you think a laundry about, service. You know, so. This. From for us, they're frustrated and stretched thin to confident and focused, yeah. um, and that's why they do. Like I thought about all these commercials, like the villain and how like Mucinex makes like animated mucus the villain and stuff like that. Gross. But like that's the reason like all these companies are doing that, and even like the before and after, the black and white versus like the color and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It all kind of fits into this like story. And I was like thinking about that whole thing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, gosh. sometimes it's comical. It's like, "Come on, lady! Like you didn't know to put butter in the well, bottom of that yeah, pan." Some of the infomercial, <laughs> some of the infomercial ones are goofy. But um, I mean, they're almost like endearing, though. Like you kind of like them after a minute because, like, you just know it. But I guess that's like that thing. Like you know what to expect. You yeah, it's the story, you know. So they the company is going to guide them. To you know, be you're able about to, to be told pick things up off the top shelf with that grabber. Oh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just started watching Parks and Recs again, and that was like the, the early episodes when Andy's got his two leg cast on. Gra- he's grabber. got the grabber. <laughs> he's like, I need a glass of milk. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's basically the gist. And I, I created a one-liner too um, that it wants you to do. And, and that kind of goes along with, he gives you, after you complete your grand, grand story, he's like, okay, you need to do these five things on your website. And he tells you exactly how to do them. And then like some other marketing stuff that you should create, like a one-liner and like other different things. So not only do you get this brand story that's super actionable and helps you kind of clarify who your business is, but then you get ways to actually use it in marketing material, which is part two and is obviously just as important. Um, But it's hard, like that one-liner exercise, I mean, I think really is a good test because it's hard, like you've now outlined and like I'm looking at your story brand document and you've got three pages, full front and back pages, well, I guess three, whatever, three pages of information and then you've got to condense it into this one-liner that like, you know, it kind of forces you to, to choose the most important pieces that you've already identified what you feel is important, but it's like, now I really need you to boil that down. Right. And we actually just recently had all of our... I wonder if that's where boilerplate comes from. Mm, probably. But know. yeah, it's basically a boilerplate or elevator pitch, but in his book, he calls it a one-liner. But yeah, we recently had all of our team members memorize this so that they can be salespeople when they're out in the field and someone asks them what Rentware does, they can reply... We provide busy managers and business owners uh, peace of mind by helping them maintain a clean, safe, and professional-looking workplace through reliable uniform, floor mat, and linen service. So, you know, that one, that kind of boils it down to who we help and what problems they have. They're busy, they're frustrated, they want peace of mind. We help them get clean, safe, and professional-looking through our reliable services. So... I was happy with that process. It took me a while to get through that book because I was kind of working through each um, each section and obviously like bouncing things off Chelsea the whole time. So <laughs> thanks for thanks for being there for me, friend. But um, <laughs> I do what I can. Yeah. Um, but no, it was uh, another one that like if you're struggling, like because I got there and Rentware is 47 years old at this point, and It's just been they've been piling shit on top of shit and services on top of services. And I'd ask people, what do we do? And everybody had a different answer. And I'm like, we need some clarification. And just when I was like in this mindset of trying to figure it out, I just happened to read this book. And I was like, this is it. This is how we do it. And I think like, I feel like that was one of those things that you identified or not necessarily you, but like when back when we worked at TKG and Rentware was a client where we kind of identified like that like cross-selling opportunity for some reason kind of gets missed sometimes like where the drive falls to the driver or they don't necessarily know that rentware does like oh you do we know you do like linens and whatever like mm-hmm. oh, we didn't know you did floor mats oh we didn't know that you also had like bathroom right which in this one we do a bunch of services so i just said uniform floor mat and linen no i know but i mean depending on who you're talking to i guess you could change it out to be whatever service you want to include but i mean if you rent uniforms you might not know that like you do some of like the front of the house yeah like things a floor like mat and stuff like yeah that. like if you're like a automotive technician type right body shop or whatever and i apologize that i this whole thing has been about rentware but obviously that's the brand well, that i applying went through it. Yeah. <laughs> to apply these well it's nice that you have the ability like i feel like that's kind of what we talk about before like when we're talking about different books that we read or articles that we read and like I get so hung up on like, where am I going to apply this? Like, yeah. which client can I apply this to? Can I apply this to my nonprofit? Can I apply this to my personal life? And I like, all of a sudden I'm like, well, I can't read this book anymore because <laughs> of too many areas and I have yet to identify which part I want to, I, to apply this to. Yeah. And my brain doesn't work in that many directions at once. Oh, I hear you. It's tough. All the tabs in my brain are open. 
You have a pretty massive spreadsheet going on back there. It's all of our customers in that spreadsheet. Oh, man. So, yeah. Keith the castle, right? Yeah. There. Um, but, yeah, so the third book, and now my dad is reading this book, and I'm super proud of him for getting through it, but it's called They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. I think I want to make sure that I finish Lost and Founder before your dad finishes that book. I think he's pretty close to finishing that oh, book. Shit. So Damn. He reads it every day at work, though, and you can't read at work. <laughs> um. So it's Marcus Sheridan basically was a partner in a pool company, pool installation company in Virginia, and they were doing okay until the 2008 crisis hit. And basically he needed to figure something out to save this company. And he started reading articles about inbound marketing and just the concept of being super transparent and answering your customers' questions. And so he spent every night shooting videos and writing content till like, you know, he'd get off work and then he would work until midnight and do this content creation and now, like, River Pools and Spas is, like, a bit, like, millions and millions and millions of dollar company, like, every year from these types of articles and the content creation and videos that he created. So it kind of starts off telling that story in the background, but the things that I wanted to talk about are the five types of content that he thinks that everybody should be writing about. Um, pricing and costs, which is a big one in a lot of B2B industries and like even any lead generation site, like you don't see pricing and costs on there a lot because I think it scares people away. But at the same time, you know, customers want to know your prices know, and costs. Like, it's, always the first, it's always the first question that they're going to ask. So why not give it to them ahead of time? Like if I don't have to call around to 15 places to find out like approximately how much right. something is going to be. And if, if your price is too expensive for them, good. You save your sales team some time anyway. Like because yeah. they were going to go out there and meet with them and they wouldn't be able to afford it anyway. Go so, for no. That's what the Sandler training people told me. Go um, for the no. Yeah. So you're you're kind of. And it's like, you know, our, what about our competitors? They're going to know our costs. It's like, if your competitors know your costs anyway. Like, people are passing around agreements. Yeah, they're going to find out, like... And contracts and stuff like that. Like, who cares? And, you know, he says there's a thing at the end where it's like, you consider your competitors and something else and customers, but really you should only consider your customers' needs because your competitors don't pay your bills. And if your customers want to know your costs, like, you should tell them your costs. So the second category is problems. So common problems that people face in your industry. So with his, it was like stuff about like pool uh, foundations cracking and stuff like that. So, you know, in our industry, it might be um, you're stuck in a bad contract or it auto renewed or, you know, your uniform service, um, you have women and they're not getting women's uniforms. So they don't fit right. Um, so, you know, turning those problems into solutions and talk and being real and talking about, okay, these problems exist, but, you know, here's how you can solve them. Here's how we can help you solve them. Um, the next category is versus and comparisons. So what he did, his example article is he did like a like best in show almost of like best fiberglass pool uh, manufacturer, best this, best that. So like all his suppliers, he was like rating and like some people who weren't his suppliers got rated like above his suppliers and stuff. Cause that's how he honestly thought it was. And then he was like brutally honest and like some of his like suppliers and people were like, what the hell? Like, you know, you need to rate us higher. But other people were like posting on their website that they won an award and stuff like that. So it was like a pretty big deal. Um, and then doing like comparisons and verses too. So like, you know, in our case, maybe it's um, this new FR shirt versus the old FR shirt and, you know, what's different and stuff like that. So any sort of product comparison and stuff like that. Um, and reviews. So, you know, a new product comes out, making sure that you're um, reviewing it and, and talking about it in a way that um, you're becoming the authority on, on that type of product. So 
Um, you know, if a new type of floor mat comes out, we could do a video review of this floor mat and talk about, you know, hey, this is um, why it's good for your business or we don't actually like this floor mat. And, you know, we're being honest with you. That's our honest opinion. Like it came out, but we don't like it. Yeah, so, we don't like it. Dell did that really good water hog mat. Yeah, the water hog mat. But it's shot, shot on a GoPro, <laughs> so it's got like the, the rounded edges. Oh. Like the, the darker edges, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's goofy. We have it up on YouTube now, though. And then best in class, which is, um, so I've written two articles based on these. The one was pricing and cost. Um, so we did, how, we did how much does uniform rental service cost, which were the only company, literally the only uniform rental company that puts their prices online. Maybe you piss some people off. So yeah, this one guy I talked on the phone was like, uh, you're the only one that does that. And I don't think you should do that. <laughs> and I was like, no, we're going to do it. <laughs> like, that's the point. We're the only ones who do it. So now suck it. Um, but then best in class, which is the other article I wrote. So grandpa, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, I didn't even include it in my monthly email, but I wrote about the best uniform rental companies and I ranked the uniform rental companies, um, one through three based on region. And I didn't include rentware in the Midwest because I thought that would be dishonest to include ourselves. Um, and I even included a, a category for nationals and I ranked Sintas third. I did the top three, um, in each one. Um, so anyway, um, and he did this and it was a huge success for them. So, you know, he realized that like people were asking him all the time, like, well, I really like you, but like, you know, if it turns out to be not a good fit or something, who would you recommend? And so, you know, that's where we are. We get that a lot where someone contacts us from California and they're like, well, you know, you guys were honest with me and you t helped me through the process. So who would you recommend like out here in my, my area? So then we have to go to our list and say, okay, go with Prudential or um, whoever. So I was like, well, this will be valuable. And plus I want to rank for best uniform rental companies and top uniform rental company searches and stuff like that. So he said it was super valuable because he would name their competitors on their site. And, but like, he's like, people were calling me after reading this article being like, you're so honest. Like I was searching for reviews on the, your competitor and I found your website on the first page. And I was like, this company is so honest that like, I need to give them a call before I even, before I go with this other one, because you know, they, they had said honest, like nice things uh, about this place. But I was like, I need to talk to them because they just seem so trustworthy. And that was the whole thing is all of these things convey trust with your audience. So it doesn't seem like you're trying to dupe them into like, Oh, you don't have to talk to our salesperson to figure out how much it costs. Like, yeah, or, you like, know, let me check with my manager to see if I can get you that deal. Right. So like, it's all out there and you're just building trust because you're answering their questions in a very transparent way, in a way that's actually teaching and providing value for them. And in a format that, that provides value for them too. So not, you're not just doing written words, but there's infographics and videos and stuff like that. Um, and he just went through like how he did this, um, for Ohio or Ohio for <laughs> river pools and spas and, uh, you know, how it saved his business. And now he has his own consult. He's like, a he does not with the pools and spas company anymore. He's like a shadow owner who doesn't really do anything, but he has his own like consulting business now and how he does it for that. Um, did you ever end up with a featured snippet on that best uh, on the pricing? No, but we should, but it's because our site sucks. Like there's so much code bloat that it just doesn't, it dies. It's like on, it's like fifth on that. Maybe the new site. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking when the new site comes. Um, then we'll, that's weird. I didn't realize this rosé truly is pink. Yeah, it's a little pink. I, I've only drank it out of the, we're drinking uh, this new truly rosé. We've been drinking it for the last couple weekends, I think, but I just now poured it in a glass 
And I did not realize, like, because all truly and White Claws clear, and now this one's pink. I think when Michelle and I were drinking them. Did you pour them into we, a glass? Yeah, because we're splitting one can each because we wanted oh, to try yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of the flavors. Okay. The downside of this is that the box that I have left, by the way, the whole can does fit in this glass. It's just going to be impossible you're to gonna, pick up. You're going to slurp that one. <laughs> Do not pick up that glass. Um, <laughs> Who told me? Oh, I poured Meg coffee. And it was up to the the brim, and she's like, "Don't look at the glass; your mind plays tricks on you." So I looked at the table, and set it down on the table, and I didn't spill it. Well, that's like that. Like my mom used to tell me to like sing or whistle, like "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" yeah, or something. something. Or like the alphabet. Yeah. Like I can't whistle, so I'd have to like hum or sing. But um, shoot, now I lost my turn. Oh no! So the downside, the bad news, is that I brought the roses and the two good flavors that were left and now the only thing that's left is pomegranate and passion fruit mm, passion fruit was so bad pomegranate was probably fine and i didn't like either i couldn't remember actually which one I, whatever I, the one that i we you traded me the pineapple or whatever for passion fruit and you're like i was like yes and you're like oh my god this tastes horrible <laughs> yeah so they're not they can't all be winners yeah but so anyway, I, I got a ton of value out of these three books. Again, They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan, Building a Brand Story by Donald Miller, and Everybody Writes by Anne Hanley. And one of these days, I will read one of those books. Yeah, Chelsea will read one of them. Maybe <laughs> I'll all three. Let you know. Maybe all three, who knows? I think They Ask You Answer and Everybody Writes in particular could be super valuable for you and your line of work. Because, I mean, They Ask You Answer is Content Marketing 106, and um, Everybody Writes everybody writes so <laughs> um yeah i think i actually have like one really content heavy client that i think would be i could read that book and and thinking about them apply it to them um, oh yeah it's super easy i mean he breaks it down in a way that makes it so easy to apply it to your business and throughout there's case studies and stuff too with like people he's worked with and stuff like that like i'd really i wish we had money and i would just call up marcus sheridan to come give a presentation on content marketing to everybody and because he talks about getting your sales team involved because they're the they're the like people who know the most and like so they're getting them to make videos and well like you and had write that and stuff like that and he talks about sales team using these articles so if they're in a meeting and a customer asks a question you know they can then go back and send them like okay hey you were asking about this here's a full article on it yeah. you know and stuff like that but like you had that whole when you went with uncle dan mm-hmm. to that yeah it's another red thing line, I got out of this book and you too. got that you were like oh women's like you identify the problem that like some of your competitors don't offer women's uniforms and right like something you would have never like dan wouldn't have come back and said like hey connor yeah exactly. i was meeting with so-and-so today and they mentioned this like to him that's just like a nobody like yeah of course we have women's uniforms right like and that's i told the whole sales team after reading they ask you answer like if you come across like questions and you're like i get that question a lot like let me know because if you, know, you get that a lot then other people are trying to figure it out too so we can answer it on our website yeah like well i felt like when i worked at tkg and we were you know trying to build a faq pages i would spend time like i would comb through form submissions that people got or like live chat so like, yeah because that's all we really had access to you know yeah it was so. like well i could read some like what kind of questions are people getting mm-hmm. like on a regular basis like can we use those as an faq and then you would bring them to their attention you'd be like well i saw like you're getting like this question a lot or mm-hmm. and it's not stuff someone people think about all the time so and it goes back to your like like early 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 episode we're like talking about like putting your humble hat on and asking your customer service people who talk to your customers every day right. 
like what kind of questions you're getting, especially right. if you work for a big or like a larger organization, maybe know, has like need, a larger customer service. But I mean, we have three customer service people that I need to tell to do like, hey, what questions do you guys get so we can answer them on the website too? I just sit next to the sales team. So <laughs> yeah, well, get out of your chair sometimes. Get some blood flow in those legs. You don't want to get a blood clot. It's so cold out though. So anyway, if you're looking for you don't have to go outside new, to get to your a new audio book or something like <laughs> that. Maybe you go down in the plant and it's cold and you know, like the, the garage doors are open, the trucks are coming in. Yeah, like, I guess so. Yeah. So if you're looking for a new book um, and you're you're a nerdy marketer like me and Chelsea, Chelsea would like these books. I just got to get her to read them. Um, <laughs> I mean, after hearing me describe all three of these books, don't you think that you could probably like find value for absolutely? I just don't have time to. <laughs> I know, get I know. to read them. I know. So, but yeah, if you if you have a little bit of time and and you're looking for some real nitty gritty, like this book will help you in your marketing job. Like they ask you answer building a brand story, and everybody writes are the books for you because I I love them and I got a, a ton of value out of them and. You know, I had to churn through some other books that I only got a little bit of value out of to get to these, and it was so worth it. I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, you've done the dirty work now. You've, like, read the books that aren't great, mm -hmm. and then I don't have to read those for sure. Right. Well, it's not that they weren't great. It's just they weren't... I wasn't the right audience all the time. Yeah. So, um, anyway... Anyway, this is uh, this is Junk Marketing or something. <laughs> I'm Connor. I'm <laughs> Chelsea. Cheers. Cheers. Full glass cheers because we didn't finish.